Hello and welcome to the Bigger Than Us podcast. I'm your host, Raj Daniels, and today I'd like to welcome Kenny Green to the show. Kenny Green is a CPA who assists organizations in the integration of ESG principles and sustainability reporting. In addition, he is the founder of Green Passion Projects, an organization that consults with professional athletes and entrepreneurs to create effective business strategies. Kenny's background includes working with NBA star and Heisman Trophy winner Charlie Ward on a community fundraiser, consulting with Grammy-winning songwriter Stephen Batty on a social impact music video featuring Super Bowl champ Demarcus Ware and Snoop Dogg, and partnering with the Jackie Robinson Park of Fame on a holiday extravaganza for the underserved families. Kenny, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Raj. How are you? Kenny, I'm doing very well, thank you. Kenny, where in the world are you? Well, I'm in Stanford, Connecticut, and if you don't know much about this region of the United States, I'm I'm about 25 minutes from the Bronx, New York. So, so we're close to New York City. And how's the weather up there? It's it's great um, for this time of year. Um, and 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 this time of year, you're never really sure what you can get in Connecticut. It can be a blizzard, um, and it can be sunny the next day, and and 60 degrees. And so it's been pretty mild right now. So I'm just going to take this and enjoy it. Now you mentioned the Bronx, New York, and we are recording today on April 2nd. We are in the beginning of. I don't think we've reached the middle of the coronavirus pandemic right now. How are things up there for you? Well, we're we're pretty much on on lockdown. We're we're heeding the warnings that are out there. We're staying home. We're staying home to stay safe, to do our part and to mitigate the spread and and reduce the curve as as we've heard on many newscasts. Um so I think the community here is doing their part to um stay inside and stay safe. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Kenny. Kenny, I like to open the show by asking my guests the following question. If you were asked to share something interesting about yourself, what would it be? That's a, that's a great question. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm like excited every day about the work I do. So I'm really thinking about something that people really don't know. And I think for me to have moved to this great purpose for work, I mean, I started um in public accounting um, when there was the big six. And for those that are listening that are in finance, that was when um, I started Arthur Anderson, when there was Deloitte, Ernest & Young, KPMG, Price Waterhouse, and Coopers, and, and before the merger. So I started at that time um, when there were the big six, and I left three months before the Enron scandal. So after that news broke and 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 Anderson um, was no more and and all of that work ended up getting absorbed by the other firms, um, I got calls from a lot of my friends saying, "Are you okay?" And I didn't know what happened and 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 I kind of found out the news just like everyone else on on TV. So it was a blessing for me that I had already um, um, found my my landing spot and 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 moved on when there were a lot of people that were kind of searching and scrambling when the news broke. You know, it's an interesting point you brought up, you know, since we're going through this time in both economic and health uncertainty, we forget 2001 was the, was that Enron? Yeah. So that was, that was about 2000, 2001 is about that time. Yep. 
Right. And Arthur Anderson and what happened then and some of the uh, economic tumult we went through at that time. And, you know, a lot of us got through it, and but we still remember. And as we're going through this time, hopefully we can kind of do what we did back then and come together and help each other out. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you look back, I mean, we as a country, as a people have been very resilient. I mean, we've been through um, economic highs, economic lows. Um, and, and you know, we're going through a, a period here where um, is a you know, slowdown of everyone. But I think in this period, we there, there is space for us to still take time to think and really think about, you know, what is our purpose? What do we want to do? How do we want to use this extra time that we've been given? I've realized that um, being home, I have extra time um, that I used to put for commuting and, and things like that. That's now I have that time in my day. How am I going to effectively use that? So so I, I have really been looking at the positivity or the positive benefits of this and really trying to use that um, to, to in this period to come out stronger. Well, I appreciate that. Now, you kind of hinted at it earlier, but can you share a little bit about your current endeavor or company? Sure. So, so right now, I'm I'm the founder of Green Passion Projects, and and what I do in my work is is I've been coaching athletes, entrepreneurs, and some of their strategic uh, planning, um, and and then helping companies just understand the principles of ESG and sustainability. So I'm really living the dream now, um, which is great. I, I found my my calling, and I've been able to um, work in it. So I'm I'm really excited about what what I get to do um, on a daily basis because what I get to do is help others be better and help others um, connect with their purpose work and improve our local and global communities. So I'm just excited about what I get to do on a daily basis. I love the play on words with your last name being Green, Green Passion Projects, Sustainability. It all seems to be serendipitous. It, it is, Raj. And and I, I tell people I was born for this. It, and, and and it was it was really just took me time to realize, you know, what my calling was. And that was the 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 key thing for me, just figuring that out. I think in my career I started in um, as I said before, and, and in finance, and I, I held roles from FP&A to accounting and audit. And my wife, who knew her calling since she was, I would say, eight years old, she knew she wanted to help children um, on the television, using the television medium. So she kind of knew that her growing up. And when I think about her and all of my my other friends, my my friends from college, my colleagues, um, she was really the, the only person that really knew their calling. And I, I, I would say the rest of us were, were working. And, and it wasn't until just following her, seeing what she was doing. And um, I ended up going to this amazing dinner with a Grammy-winning singer. Um, she had just released at that time, this is where mobile apps were new. And she was working on a app that was a storybook um, that was for kids. And so we go to the release dinner um, and just talking with all the people in that room. Um, I had people at my table that had worked with Lady Gaga and other singers, um, you know, just musicians that were musicians, but they had other talents as well. And it was just talking with these people and asking them questions like, how did you do this? And what's driving you made me realize that I was the only person in the room that didn't understand their 
calling or purpose and everyone else in the room did. And I wanted to be like them. So, so I started to, um, from that day, that was a pivotal change in my life. I started to figure out, you know, what was my calling? What was my purpose? What are my passions? And I followed those to where I am today. So I appreciate you sharing that. Honing in specifically on the finance side, how have you think? How have you seen things change over the course of your career, specifically related to ESG? I think for you know growing up, you know, starting in, in public accounting, um, the the one term that you would hear is was shareholders. We we're 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 working to maximize shareholder value, and that was the only narrative that that I pretty much heard. Um, probably the first 10 to 15 years of my career was maximize shareholder value. And so if you had to make a decision, um, if you're a finance manager and, and you had to make a decision, your, your ultimate guiding principle was, is this going to maximize shareholder value? And I would say just over the last five years, I would say the narrative has really changed to really include all the stakeholders and, and, Think about, well, you have other stakeholders like the community, like your employees. Um, how are you taking into account uh, a, a company, those other stakeholders? And with that sentiment changing, and I think with millennials really being um, focused on you know, the why behind their purchases and their, their consumption choices has combined and created this wave where now they're asking these questions of companies. So what do you do for the environment? What are you doing around diversity? What are you doing um, um, just to you know, make sure your package, your life cycle your pro- of your products um, um, in the environment? What are they doing? They're asking these questions that are, companies are now starting to say, well, I will tell you <laughs> what we're doing. And hopefully by telling you that, that will end up being a reason why you will pick, you know, my brand versus another. So, so I think ESG really has come to its place um, with, with that shift. And being a finance person, I think for us, we have been able to show that companies um, that really measure and monitor and manage ESG metrics outperform their peers. So specifically, when you're consulting your clients, both from a macro level and a micro level, when you're consulting them regarding ESG, sustainability, what do you share with them or what do you tell them or advise them to do, you know, again, both from an overarching and then perhaps, you know, a few tactical steps? I think the first thing to do is really understand what you, know, you, you understand your markets and you understand your consumers, but what are your consumer concerns? Um, and that's the first thing to understand. Well, what are their concerns um, besides delivering a product to them that works? And they have other concerns. Uh, and so trying to understand that consumer base is the first thing. And then once you understand that, then you start to understand, well, what are the processes that we have in our company that affect those? And then can we start measuring the metrics that are around those? So so it's kind of a step process, uh, one, two, three step process. And I think it starts with really understanding the target consumer and what are their concerns is the first thing. And then and then you kind of move forward to, to the others. And you mentioned packaging earlier. Are there any other, you know, perhaps repeatable or items that you've seen that your clients can start looking at right away? 
Yeah, I, I think for man, you when when you think about ESG, I think we all quickly go to the E, which is the environmental side, and and which is great, and that that gets us started. And manufacturing companies, I would say, have the have the biggest, I would say, opportunity um, when you think about packaging because they're sending out products over and over again, the same to individuals, and so they start thinking about well, what are those packaging, how do we package that and how do we get it to our consumers? And usually that has a cost. And what they realize is that they can make choices that not only are better for the environment, but also reduce costs. So I think that really has got the ear of financial leaders, of, of boards and and you know of, of company functional leaders is is that you can do both at the same time, which is you know, you've heard the triple bottom line. I mean, you. I think you can make sure that you still make a great profit there, reduce costs, but you're also um, making sure you reduce your carbon footprint or other environmental um, impacts um, by doing things like that. And what have you seen in the S and the G? In the S and the G, and, and especially in, in, in the social side, I, I think the, the biggest topic um, that, that's really the buzzword we've been hearing is diversity and inclusion. And I think on, uh, in, in, in that area. I think companies now are starting to report. I mean, I've seen board reports on on the, the makeup of the board. And I think that has been the biggest trigger is that having the board start to measure their composition um, around diversity and inclusion um, has really just triggered management and the company to start to look at in other functional areas. So um, I think that narrative is great. And, and I think what people are starting to understand is that these diverse ideas will bring um, the diverse people can bring diverse ideas to the table, and you just have a full organization, a full company by having a seat at the table, uh, which is the premise of the inclusion part to make sure that you have a seat to make decisions. Um, so I, I think that that has been that has been great, and and governance. Um, I started in 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 audit, so governance is still near and dear to my heart. And, and that kind of is blending uh, with the boards um, starting to require and say that we want the business to um, report some of these metrics to us. And that would be, you know, total um, ESG metrics. Let us know what's happening um, organizations. So I, I think as we see this wave of all of these elements starting to really turn corporations and, and infuse what I call corporate purpose um, which is is that we're doing great business, but we have a purpose that we are enhancing something in society at the same time. So I think companies are starting to be able to do both of those things, um, which which makes a tremendous impact. Being that um, some of the, the reason why I I moved into um, ESG is that I was helping um, the the athletes who who are influencers connect with the community, and they were you know, agents of change. And then when I started to um, really get interested in ESG, I realized that corporations have multinational reach. They are, you know, have large employer base and they have you know, tremendous consumer reach. And so they are very big actors in affecting just the mindset and and just can just make a significant impact around the globe if we bring that agent of the entity with, you know, into the corporate purpose space. So that's what really excites me to 
engage in corporations and really have that conversation of like, how can we, how can we make money and do good at the same time? So staying with DNI for a moment, what can people, leaders in the community do? Do you have any examples of anything you do along the lines of DNI introducing ESG or, you know, um, climate change to the community? Yeah, and and that's I, I'm working on an amazing project now with with the Boys and Girls Club uh, here in Stanford, and and I, I work with them in many um, aspects. I, I brought um, Charlie War, who played for the the Knicks, to the gala, and through that just um, connection with them, I, I moved to um, helping them uh, build a music education program, um, music studio. And now we're working on a climate change action group um, for teens and young adults. And I'm super excited about this because um, just traditionally, I would say kids from disadvantaged uh, communities and households um, have not really engaged in sustainability. And to be able to kind of just really show them what sustainability is about, teach them why it matters to the world and why it matters to them, and then engage them and give them the tools so they can engage in making change around sustainability is just amazing. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about helping the kids, the teen and, and our young adults in the community get engaged in that. And you had mentioned something about an electric vehicle project too? Yes, and and and, and also... With the, we have an electric vehicle club in Connecticut that their their mission is to be evangelists of electric vehicles. They they want to increase the adoption of electric vehicles, and they typically have been working with, I would say, more of the affluent towns that that more of these towns have a high adoption rate per capita of electric vehicles. So they've been spending time with with, with those communities, but really inviting them to come to Stanford, which happens to be the second, um, has the second highest adoption rate of overall of, of electric vehicles, but doesn't really have a presence of any group really, you know, being evangelist for the cause. So we want to really get this community engaged, which is, you know, a mix of urban and suburban here, and really to just get this community to be engaged in electric vehicles, understand its importance, understand that you know there are you know different types i mean tesla's one but there there are a, you know a lot of electric vehicles that fit your budget but they you know serve the same purpose they reduce your carbon footprint um you know have much lower maintenance costs and show them how this connects them to to be able to really have an impact on climate change just by changing you know how you drive so so i think i'm i'm really excited about that as well so you've got involvement in the community. You mentioned that event earlier today. You know, the crux of our conversation is the why behind what you do. And it's obvious that you're driven, but you could also be doing 100 other things. It's opportunity cost. So what's your driving why? What what keeps you doing this every single day? And, you know, it, it, it was, I took the time really to, figure out what my calling is. And, and my really, it started with exploring my passions. And then once I figured out what I was passionate about and I started working in, I moved to this purposeful work. Um, what drives me is that 
growing up, just just growing up, I grew up in Washington, D.C. Um, there were a lot of people that helped me to get to where I am now. And now I have the opportunity after, you know, going to these great schools, uh, meeting these great people, um, getting, getting, you know, galvanized around what ESG is. Um, I have the opportunity to give back in this massive way. And for me, it's, 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 it's just what I was called to do is just what I have. Um, what makes me happy it to really, you know, talk to people about doing purposeful work. Um, and everything in ESG, I, everything I touch in ESG, I can tie it back to how it makes a change to help everyone around me. And that was so different than the work when I first started and, and I was doing debacy credits and I couldn't really tie what I was doing to the rest of the world. And, and that was the linkage when I finally moved to, to doing this work. I can every day know how the work that I do improves me improves my family, my community, my local community, and the global community. So having that linkage, it just, for me, keeps me on fire, keeps the fire burning um, on, on why that, that I do this work. Um, and, and it's so exciting. So I appreciate you sharing that. You know, as an interviewer, it's my job to push a little bit. So it takes some courage to pursue your passion. In your case, like, what did you do to embody that courage and to decide that you wanted to go for it? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think the, the, the courage came from really um, just having great people, I think, around me um, that were living in, in, in their dream. And that, and that person was my wife who, who, who was doing that. And she introduced me to um, a community of other people. I, I think I talked about the dinner that I, that I went to that, that for the app release for the singer and it just having, just having discussions with those people got me to see that there was more that I could do in my life. And for me, that was a unique time because I had just, um, come back from a trip. Um, I was in Singapore and I was offered the opportunity to, to lead the finance team there. Um, was really having discussions with my wife about moving the entire family to the other side of the globe and had to really try to answer this question of um, my wife was willing to do it, but she would have to give up her purpose work, um, you know, for me to move to, for us to move to the other side um, of the world here. And I had to really start asking my question, am I doing my purpose work? And can I look her in the eye and say, yes, I'm doing what I was called to do. And I couldn't look her in the eye and ask her to give up um, her her dream and her purpose work for work that I wasn't um, that I knew deep inside wasn't my calling and my purpose. So that was really where I had to make uh, go on this soul searching mission and say, well, what is my calling? What is my what am I passionate about? And what I typically tell youth and, and adults that I uh, that I meet, and they say, how did you? make the change is really I started with focusing on my passions and using the training that I that I have. And I think we all have unique training. We're trained in different things. Mine happened to be finance. Um, and, and I had a, a passion of things that that I had a community improvement and I just kind of merged them together and until I got to this I this state that I'm in now. I mean I could not have predicted this six years ago that I would you know be doing this great sustainability work connecting um, athletes with the community and, and, and so on and so forth. I, I would never have imagined that, but 
I knew that I wanted to um, do something that was passionate, what I was passionate about, and figure out what my calling is. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. And thank you to your wife, too. Don't want to forget her. And you kind of mentioned, you know, some advice there. But my, my question is, if you could share some advi- advice or words of wisdom with the audience, what would it be? And and I think really is, is listen to to we've all been given a, a voice inside of us that clues us in to the work we should be doing. Um, it's listening to that voice. And and I think a lot of times when we're 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 young, we're, we're kind of asked early, like, what do you want to do with your life? And and of course, that's a big question. And none of us really know, um, except for the few that you know, it's that that voice is really loud, and they know they know they want to be an actor or a singer or something like that, or or, or a doctor. Um, they they know early, but I would say the majority of us um, really don't know. But you 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 use time and you train in, in in something, and that gets you in the in the mode of of learning to 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 better yourself, and then listen to your passions and start following those. I mean, I started the the way I I, I started was volunteering my passions and in my passions. So it, it wasn't where my first engagement was a, a paid engagement. It was really volunteering. And I started volunteering and one thing led to another and then I'm asked to do something else. And, and, you know, and, and you end up um, meeting different people that ask you um, to, to um, you know, for your skill sets. So I think the, the advice I can give is, is start if you're sitting right now and you're, you know, in your cube at your desk or now we're all home. So at your home office, um, um, you can just start volunteering your skill sets um, with someone that you want to help. I mean, you, you have to think about who you're going to serve. And, and, and I, my, my, my group was the community. And I just started with my local community and then it just expanded to the global community. And that's how ESG really played its role in, in, in my life is that I realized that through ESG, I can help the global community. And when I started out just thinking a little bit smaller, just my local community. Um, so it's really, you know, it, it's a continuous thing is the other point that, that I want to leave with everyone is that, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll start one place and you'll keep building. It's a continuous thing. It'll be, you know, you'll, you'll start one place and, and, but you'll end up in another, um, but you'll have, you have a great direction you're heading in. And so that's what the figuring out what your purpose in is, is that you'll be heading towards it always. Um, and, and, and that's what you want to make sure you're focusing and heading in that right direction. So it's all about figuring out the direction. You might not know every step, but it's really trying to make sure you're just headed in the right direction. I really appreciate you sharing that. It's been a great conversation. Is there anything that we have not explored that you'd like to talk about or share before we go? I think that, 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 uh, was great. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we got to talk and I'm, I'm, you know, just excited to talk to you and thanks for the, the invitation. Um, and I hope um, that I was able to share some things that would inspire someone. Thank you, Kenny. And I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks, Raj. Thanks for the time. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you heard, please give us a rating and review at Apple Podcast. Bigger Than Us is a Nexus PMG production. And if you want to show your support and help us grow, please share with a friend or reach out to us on social media where you'll find us under our Nexus PMG handle.